party time at the Fessy Fan Club tonight. Plus, Jordan and Anissa are here, which means Tori is in for an absolute roller coaster of emotions. Raven and Johnny, they can't get on the same page about what a supporting partner means. Rookies kip, kick butt at the daily, but not enough to get a win. Tommy and Annalise, they pull a classic over promise. Big, big brother vibes there. Horacio maybe catches Laurel's eye. And did I mention Fessy Fan Club is partying tonight because, oh my gosh, my boy Fessel is swapping names, swapping ladies, getting victories and all around having himself a time it's the challenge ride or dies episode three recap coming up right now what up my fellow challenge lovers welcome to the Challenge Historian, where we dive deep into all things The Challenge, past, present, or future. If it's happening in The Challenge universe, then we are here to document it. I am your host and dedicated Challenge Historian, Jacob Hallibald. Thank you so very, very much for being here with me tonight. Tonight, we are celebrating the third episode of Ride or Dies. It's a celebration, at least, for this guy here, your historian, your host, because if you've been listening for long, you know I am the leader. I am the originator. I might be the only member out there of the Fessy fan club and boy did Fessel have himself an episode tonight episode three rider dies so much to get to a good episode again bordering on great I'm gonna call it good I'm gonna stop short of great but it certainly was riding that line this whole season has been right there in that pocket very good just shy of great but so much potential and it seems to be building some steam we love everything where we're at lots to talk about talk about it we will hear momentarily Programming reminders before we begin. This Saturday, we got the Survivor Recap. That goes over on Most Likely 2's podcast feed. So if you're doubling up Challenge and Survivor and you haven't already been listening to my recaps with Paige over at Most Likely 2, those come out every Saturday morning. Be on the lookout for that. Next Monday, the Rewatch Series returns. We head into the best stretch of Challenge seasons of all time. We may have already entered it with Cutthroat, but if not, we are there there now. Can't get the words out. Bad start, but we're going to keep right on rolling. Rivals on Monday. We're talking Rivals on Monday, so get ready for that. Binge that season over on Paramount Plus if you want to in advance of discussing it, breaking it all down, what a season it was. And then Ride or Dies will be back next Wednesday night, of course, and we'll hit back into our normal two-a-week Ride or Dies on Wednesdays rewatch on Mondays from there on out. Hopefully the rest of the year, as long as this season of Rider Dies goes, the only other program reminder is that for those of you out there who have said many times over, there's a few of you who have actually said this legit four or five times now, which I appreciate you continuing listening, even though I've been getting the feedback of, can you make these recaps a little bit shorter? Well, guess what? For those who are looking for a much shorter, more condensed recap, your prayers are going to be answered starting tomorrow. I am going to start posting not only this podcast recap of the Ride or Dies episode, but if you need just a quick one, if you're not in for the deep dive that we do every Wednesday night here, well, Hopefully, you'll still listen to both. But there will be a new seven-minute or less recap of every Ride or Dies episode up on my YouTube channel, only exclusively on the YouTube channel, not going to double up on the podcast feed. So if you're someone out there who maybe desires a very short, quick, in-and-out recap, couple jokes, what have you, about the episode, that's where to go to find that. 
Some have asked for it. I appreciate you for continuing to listen and continue to ask. So we're going to give you the best of both because I've got to still dive deep on the regular podcast. I'm not condensing this thing down anywhere close to seven minutes, but I will try my best to stay on topic as much as possible. You know how this goes by now. And how this goes by now is how it's about to go right now because that's enough for program reminders, introduction, any of that. Let's dive in. Episode three, Ride or Dies, starting with our Cliff Notes recap. As always, before we dive into the storylines and all the things we loved or questioned or disliked or any opinions of that nature, we got to quickly wrap our brains back around everything that we just saw. The entire plot boiled down as fast as we can. The Cliff Notes recap, episode two, episode three. Excuse me. We're on to episode three. Don't worry. I'm not going to go back and do both. Just episode three. Ride or dies. Here we go. Three, two, one. And we're off. Jordan and Nisa enter the game, causing TJ to laugh, some rookies to freak out, and Tori to be in absolute shock. At the house, Bananas breaks down where the game stands to Jordan. Johnny, Raven, and Nerese try to resolve their love triangle. Tori talks to Bestie Anissa about the mental health struggles Jordan showing up may bring, and Fessy explains the name change back to Fessel, and we get a rundown of the many, many women who have been spending time in Fessel's bed already this season. Then we're off to the daily challenge called Build Me Up, where they carry six barrels one at a time through a course with three checkpoints build a tower climb up hit the flare at each checkpoint get through and all the barrels to the finish line the fastest to win played in two heats it's Fessel and Mariah that crush heat one leaving everyone else in the dust in heat two it's the rookies showing out again as Horacio and Olivia take an early lead only to lose late to Raven and Johnny but overall time goes to the vet Thou that is Fessel and Mariah, they get the win and the power at the house. Those two then deliberate and decide to go full rookie, rookie teams all the way through for elimination. Kim and Colleen, Tommy and Annalise, Horacio and Olivia, Johnny and Raven, those are the four up for elimination. Everyone's interrogated, some deals are offered, but none are accepted for the time being. At the bar that night, Tommy and Annalise try making multiple deals with all the other teams that are in the possible draw with them. Meanwhile, Johnny and Raven have a rough conversation and are kind of falling apart, and Tori and Jordan finally have a chat at least one that we see where Tori gets all her thoughts and feelings out. The two hug it out. It's very heartwarming stuff. We get back to the house and Fessel and Colleen have a flirty little moment where he assures her and her partner they are not his pick. Meanwhile, Fessel also has his eyes on Laurel, who is talking to what he calls boyfriend number two, a.k.a. Horacio. To the zone we go and Fessel and Mariah pick Johnny and Raven to go in, leading to the draw where Tommy and Annalise get the safe dagger, meaning they have to t- pick between the two teams they promised they would save. They decide to save Kim and Colleen immediately pissing off Horacio and Olivia and sending major big brother vibes through the house as Devin would call out Raven and Johnny versus Alicia uh, Olivia and Horacio tried to join their names there are playing double decker think two-story hall brawl pair on bottom stars races to the middle of the hall pushes the bar backwards first to get the bar to their end gives the upstairs opponent a one second advantage to do the exact same person on top gets the bar back they win that round for their team first to two out of three wins the whole thing round one is a battle but as Raven's shoes fall off Olivia gets the upper hand wins it for her team round two goes and Olivia dominates giving Horacio a lead on the upper half until Johnny goes beast mode moving him all the way back tying the game up we go to a final round three starts with a fall from Johnny leading to an easy win for his part for Horacio giving Olivia a lead and all she needs to knock Raven all the way back close it out Olivia and Horacio win Johnny and Raven are headed home and TJ announces via 17 straight fake outs that he has yet another team to bring into the game as the episode fades to black 
to the storylines we go, and I bet you know where I'm about to start. I bet you guessed it. I bet a bunch of you are fast-forwarding right now or looking at the show notes and thinking, how can I get past the Fessy fan club meeting? Because that's where we're starting. Fessy now going by his proper known name of Fessel is here and so much to talk about with him this episode. Uh, definite star of the episode will be coming up in our MVP conversation later. So for those who are haters on my guy and his time on the challenge, this definitely was one of those episodes where uh, you might not have been having nearly as much fun as I was having, but maybe, just maybe, as the more the evidence mounts in my favor that my argument for the whole time he has been on this show, especially for the last two seasons, total madness was one thing. He was pretty much in the background as a rookie, even making it to the end. But the last two seasons, I have argued at length that whether you love him or hate him, this man was made for the challenge. Messy Fessy is a perfect challenge character. He brings everything to the show anyone ever claims to want. And uh, he still he still's got all the haters out there. And uh, as always, I don't condone anything. I don't uh, outside of the game. Uh, I personally think he's a fine, upstanding gentleman who I'm sure I would be great friends with if I met in real life. But that doesn't mean I don't need the messages about oh he says this or he does this outside the game. I don't care about any of that. I love Fessy now, better known as Fessel on the challenge and this episode proves why we have so much let's run through a couple things first off the name change which had been noticed by a lot of people online in the first few weeks of this show that his name did change both on his jersey helmet and in his confessionals i even saw a few of those haters poking out saying like haha look at this like this silly guy well we find out this episode we finally get the the ex- explanation for this and you know we've always known his his actual first name is Fessel and but he's always just gone by Fessy everyone in the show calls him Fessy and he you know puts that on his uniform the whole thing but that uh for the second season in a row he wants to bring a little more of his real life and of you know his background his culture into the show and kind of into back into his own life and you know really represent himself and everything that he is and so he wanted and asked the production to can we change this up can we get, you know, my actual name, Fessel, on the, you know, on the gear, everything like that. He explains it in talking to Casey, and I think it's a wonderful moment. Uh, it's very similar, you know, kind of reminiscent to last season on Spies, Lies, and Allies when, you know, he wasn't allowed to eat from dawn to dusk, and he was doing, you know, all the fasting and everything for his religious background, and we kind of got some of that thrown in there and that culture, and that also, like, legitimately directly affected his game and you know he had to talk about it different times that was all very interesting and bringing some real life stuff um and some really good just you know it's it's good that we're all seeing that we're learning about different cultures we're learning about different types of people in a mostly usually positive environment of the challenge house not always certainly but in these instances it has been in a positive light a positive atmosphere which is as it should be and very good and so i'm all here for him going back to his given name and i'm so glad that he can be honest and open about yeah it means you know the decision maker 
but uh, I ain't so good at making decisions. And he doesn't try to act like he is in confessional or to Casey or anything else. Loved, loved, loved all of that. It will take some time to get used. You know, I want to try to respect the man's wishes and go by Fessel as much as possible now. But as far as the fan club's considered, like, it's still, me- as, as Bananas says, it's still messy fessy in the house. And uh, the, the fan club's still going to have to be fessy fan club. It just, it just you know, it, we, we already, we didn't make the shirts yet, but like they're on order and, uh, you know, that's how it goes. So for the time being, you know, the shirts, the fan club, the name ain't changing, but we will respect the man's wishes and uh, go with Fessel here on out. Not only is he changing name, he's changing women because we knew from the trailer and both different trailers that this man was definitely doing his his standard messy fessy got eyes on all the women in the house and as much as people want to hate on him those women seem to always kind of have eyes back for him and through two episodes it was like okay there was like that one moment in the hot tub with Colleen but it was it was honestly like a little like awkward and like was there more to this or was this literally the first time we're talking like what's going on here and then we get the full dump the information dump this episode of actually here's the montage of all of the different women between Michelle and Laurel and maybe a Colleen or maybe maybe even others and Annalise is thrown in there I'm guessing they don't just throw a name in if they don't have some actual footage or some some real you know confirmed something I don't think they they certainly don't need to they had enough others to say so we've got at least four known people that Fessy has had some sort of interaction with this season we have two of them on camera getting in and out of his bed he then admits via confessional that in just classic unbelievable they ask who did you cuddle uh last night when you were going to bed oh, oh laurel okay who did who or michelle i think it was michelle and then michelle was that night laurel was in the morning but either way ask them back to back who was it last night who was it this morning how's that going for you incredible stuff this is all gonna obviously blow up in his face if not everyone's faces and it's just going to be amazing. Um, and Messi Fessy is, you know, really painting possibly his his absolute masterpiece here on this season. Then he also gets another daily W. A man can't win that final yet, but uh, certainly has won his fair share of dailies and eliminations in his time. And now his partner, Mariah, who we had high hopes for, who seems very much like an absolute badass competitor who is going to be able to match up with Fessel very well. And the two of them were going to be an absolute threat in this game, especially I thought going into the season in daily challenges. And if they were to end up in a very physical elimination, which Fessy has so far been very fortunate in his challenge career that all of his eliminations have been these super physical headbangers that are well suited to his game. She absolutely shows out she crushes the daily challenge right along with them and they cruise to a victory i don't know what the times were one versus the other but if you told me that nelson and norris who kept up very well with uh fessel and mariah should be said um i think they might honestly have the second best time of the day as much as they try to make it look very competitive more on that later and the final thing here on my guy is he makes the right political decision so far, so good in an area where he doesn't isn't always the best. Not saying this is some mastermind decision by him and Mariah or, you know, what they've been doing so far and then the decision make in this one to say, yo, you know, they mentioned at the beginning, he and her is long along with Nelson and Narice. I think Bananas says to Jordan, you know, are the ones kind of in the middle of like, we would assume they're with us, but we don't 
100% no. Um, and this time we find out they are, they make the right decision and they realize, hey, one, you know, the, we, we, Nelson and Fessy are like, the two of us are tight. We throw Casey in there. We got our three squads. And then obviously Casey now with the Nani Bananas connection, that ropes them in. And then you throw in Laurel and you throw in probably Devin and Tori and Anissa and Jordan just off a of pure vet. And now you've got you've got the numbers in the house. And you're one of the teams that also you aren't quite at the bottom of that list of vets. And you're one that the rest of them are looking at like you can win daily challenges for us. And so you can continue to curry more and more favor. So they pick the right side. They make all the right selections of who they should put into the elimination, the four they should put up for it. It's all good. My guy Fessel is just absolutely crushing it. Next storyline is the one we assumed coming into this episode, we knew coming into this episode had to be the biggest one of the episode. It turns out, while it certainly was one of them, we don't get nearly as much of it as anticipated. I'm sure we are going to get plenty of it the rest of the season with so many other things to focus on in this episode. It makes obvious sense to like, they gave us the one big conversation, but not much other than that for now. And of course, I'm talking about Tori and Jordan. Jordan's here. Anissa's here. We saw them enter. Well, we saw Jordan enter at the end of last week. And then we, this week we saw Jordan and Anissa enter at the beginning of the episode, which obviously leads Tori to be on an absolute emotional roller coaster of vulnerability and happiness and sadness and every feeling in the book. And holy shit, I just worked through the last year and a half of my life to get over this this thing and just everything else that was happening. I've worked on myself so hard and now I'm back here and I'm in this game and I'm in a great place and I've got a good partner and I'm looking like I'm going to be really, really set up to win this season. And now out of nowhere, my ex-fiance, who I haven't talked about, who is kind of the impetus of a lot of that work over the last year and a half, he's just here. And oh yeah, my best friend's here too, though. Like, unbelievable what <laughs> what had to be going through her head, through her heart. I can't imagine the wild emotional roller coaster that that would be. And they're filming the whole thing. And then you remember that all of it is on camera for a national television audience, an international television audience. It's like, holy, holy shit. I just can't, I, I, it doesn't, it, I, I can't, I, I truly can't fathom, literally cannot fathom or understand what could possibly have been going through her head and body and just how she would have been feeling in that moment or the subsequent days and moments afterwards. Um, we don't, again, we don't get a lot of it. We pretty much, we get them each kind of individually having a conversation, Tori talking to Anissa, talking about the work she's done, the place she is at, how she feels strong enough. And like she thankfully has done the work and done the things necessary and has the, the you know, the medication necessary to keep her balanced, keep her able to handle the situation that she admits herself. Like if this was six months ago, I don't know how, or if I could handle a situation like this, I feel prepared and strong enough to do it right now, but that doesn't mean it's freaking easy. Cause this is messed up and hard and difficult and doesn't know what to do. That conversation is very, you know, is beautiful in a way in the vulnerability um, and just everything about her, her vulnerability, this episode, this, the previous episode, likely the entire season is, is just wonderful. And I appreciate her openness and honesty about, you know, 
the the struggle she has gone through and how others who might be in similar situations, how they can go about getting help for themselves. We get the one conversation between the two of them, then finally the one we'd had teased in the trailers multiple times of her confronting him and what was teased as, you know, confrontation really is just is a very positive and emotion filled and kind of by the end heartwarming moment between the two of them of like her saying like, Hey, like this is absolutely insane that this is how we're meeting and that it's in this manner. It's not that we both chose to do this season. It's that I got here and you weren't here and I didn't expect you to be here to begin with. And then you weren't here. So I didn't have anything to think about. And then all of a sudden you're just showing up a couple days into it. Holy cow. What is that? And getting all the feelings out and just laying it all on the line immediately of like, this is how it ended. This is where I was feeling then. This is what I've done since then. Let me give you the quick 30-second synopsis. Let me get all of it out, and then let's hug it out. Let's tell each other that we both got love, that we're both going to work together in the game and support each other in the game and in life, and we're moving forward, and that seems like where they ended up. It's beautiful. It's wonderful. I love Jordan. I love Tori, and so I loved seeing that this was the immediate way they were going to handle this admittedly wild and crazy situation. Next up, we got to talk about the team that ultimately goes home. That is Johnny and Raven. Look, let's let's just make this as simple as possible. She thought they were coming into the show as a couple. She didn't, I don't know if she thinks they're actively thinks, you know, we're actively dating the moment we go on the show, but close enough that we've agreed to go on this show. We know we're going on as each other's, you know, partner in in ride or die, whatever they were told, if they were used the words ride or die in advance or love interest or, you know, great friend, whatever they were told, she thought they were going on the show and there was going to be a romance to ensue and they would be together, not as partners, but as romantic individuals. Uh, he did not. They clearly meant different things this whole episode in this whole season when they would, every time they'd have a conversation and they'd both use, you know, the word support, supportive partner, something of that nature. And they both knew that they were each saying something different. She was saying, I need my partner to support me, AKA, in my mind, I'm saying this in my, in, in, in my version of this, my coded language of this means I need you to not hook up with someone else. I need you to at least give me the most attention of any woman in this house. He was saying, supportive partner, as in, I need to be able to sleep around with anyone else out here, but when it comes game day, tell you you're doing a good job, and that's that's a supportive partner, right? And they're, they're just on different wavelengths. They both know this. They bo- Neither one wants to actually say that out loud, and I get it. Um and it's mostly entertaining and interesting and intriguing uh, and decent storyline. Love triangles always are uh, interesting. They they always are, at least the smallest amount. There's the, the most boring love triangle in the world is still a little bit interesting. But like with any storyline, and this one may be more than a lot of other types of storylines, the more we know the characters, the more we're invested in those people and have known them over a longer period of time, the more it's intriguing and interesting and possibly entertaining to have a love triangle. Every storyline is like that, but this one in particular is one where like, if this was someone, a couple people who we knew super duper well, we'd maybe seen them in another relationship before this, or at least seen their friendship or possible relationship grow or build out prior to this, then 
there's more to go on here. Otherwise, I'm left a little like, yeah, this is this is a storyline worth sharing, but I'm not all that invested in it. Um, and it makes me feel bad because it should be interesting. And it is, it is interesting. Uh, and I feel bad that the two of them, as great as they do, you know, winning that first daily, as great as they do in this daily, is solid of a team as they are, that they just couldn't get on enough of the same page. And when you come down to an elimination, which we will be talking about momentarily, but you come to an elimination where, yes, it's strength and muscular endurance and, you know, kind of will to win uh, and, and, and all of that and size and leverage and all of that that goes into it. It's also how, how hard are you really, truly trying? How, how much is your heart, your head into it? How jacked up are you to be there in the moment? Because to give your 100% best, you've got to be for that style of elimination. You've got to be all in. And if any part of you is out, that is a major, major disadvantage. And when you're going up against a team that is pretty equivalent to you, and you know it's a, it's, it's a thin margin between who's better, who's more well-suited for this, you're giving that other team a massive, massive edge by being the one who are fully invested, fully in sync with each other, fully want to be there, have no issues, are loving their time in the house, are having the best time, desperate to continue it. That, that ultimately costs these two in the end. Let's talk the sporting events of the uh, show this week. We got the Daily Challenge first. Just quick note on the Daily Challenge. Really, really liked it. A solid test of endurance. Love a good endurance test. You know, this is no mini final by any means, but it is a really good uh, you know, test of what, you know, the hardest leg of a final might look like of carrying some heavy objects back and forth endlessly on a loop. So I like that, but it would have been a possible great daily or had the possibility of being great if it's all in one heat. Don't do two heats for this. The drama that they think is there of the, you know, the reveal at the end of like, all right, you know who won one heat and you know who won the other. So then we get the moment post-commercial or to be able to go to commercial break with TJ about to say, then this team won. That isn't it nearly as good as yes, you're not going to get it every time, but the possibility of the drama of a race to the finish, of having what happens with Johnny and Raven and Horacio and Olivia happen in just a total overall heat where you're like, oh my gosh, like it's right down to the end. And you can make what otherwise is visually boring. It's just people going back and forth carrying, uh, carrying, you know, thing. It's, it's a CrossFit event, um, which some people are super into CrossFit and would love watching the CrossFit games. I watch the CrossFit games from time to time. It's not that big of an audience watching that, okay? It's not the most visually interesting thing to watch people basically work out in this manner. So the least you can do is do it all in one heat so that if it is a close race at the end, both the people all know that and could push themselves and we as a viewer can have that moment because honestly, the drama of the little reveal that every time knowing it's going to be a commercial break, it it isn't all that interesting in the end. And the editing of the episode honestly gives away everything else because if, if you're paying any attention at all to who's getting confessionals throughout the episode, you can very, very easily, without that much thought, pick up on where the episode's heading, who's about to win a daily, who's about to go up for elimination. This episode telegraphed everything. Uh, Fessel and Mariah were obviously front and center. 
and probably in a positive light because the other ones that were front and center were all of the rookie teams, the three rookie rookie teams. And you just, you, you could see it was all being telegraphed where it was going. So it wasn't that all that crazy to see like, Oh, who's going to come out of this commercial break and win. We knew where it was going to go. Also leave Nelson alone already. Damn it. Narice, what the hell? The producer, the producer finally doesn't ask. And now Narice, his own partner is bringing up. We got to finally get you a win. And she says that if, if he's never won one before, which he may as well have not, but he has at least won a couple before. It's just been now 53 and counting in a row. Anyways, on to the elimination because the elimination was awesome. All right. We got the double decker hall brawl S challenge. We knew this was coming. We saw it in the trailers in the lead up to the season. We didn't know exactly how it was going to work from the bits we saw in the trailer, other than it was double decker, one partner on top of the other. And it looked really cool. And it turns out it was really cool. They nailed it. They got this super right. I loved, loved, loved it. First and foremost, the main thing they got right is that it's a version of hall brawl that takes out the brutality factor that can be problematic when the matchup isn't even, which ironically, this matchup is super even. If this was a classic hall brawl, I think this is a pretty entertaining and interesting matchup between at least two, maybe three, maybe all four people who would be up for doing that and excited about doing that. The two guys seem like they would have been. The two women, I think, would have been, but I'm not 100% sure. But they were all excited to do this version of it, and I liked this version of it. You got to run to the middle, hit a bar. Instead of the other person, you're pushing on a bar. So, yes, there's a slight collision at first, but ultimately you're not actually wrestling with each other. You're pushing on this bar, and you're kind of – it seems like they were told not to put their hands on the other person because if you wanted to – you could let them push the bar into your stomach while you hit them in the chest, grabbed at their legs, whatever, and you wanted to try that route, and no one ever went anywhere near that, so I'm guessing they were told, and there were some rules we didn't hear about, like, you put your hands on the bar, that's it. Uh, you know, like, if your head, your heads are going to be buttoned into each other, but that's fine, you know, hands on the bar. Seemed like the rule. The bottom means more than the top, um, but also the top can flat-out win it or lose it. If you're way behind... You still, if the top, whoever's on top for each round has a significant advantage, they can just take it home, even if the partner on bottom wins. So it's just really, really well designed. The boys get the bottom spot, two out of the three. And I just, I loved everything about the design of it. Um, And just, yeah, it was incredible. Raven, tie your shoes, girl. Tie them tight. What? What is going on after it happens the first time? That's that's one thing. Like you tied them and then they, they come out and you're like, okay, whatever. Time super duper tight the moment they come out. You got two more rounds of this. Like, you hopefully you have two more rounds. You would lost the first one. Tie your shoes tight. It's not that hard. And then also, a couple other notes. One, from a strategy perspective, both of these from a strategy perspective. Horacio has a little, a Jordan-esque moment, I almost want to say, uh, where he says in confessional, like, right away, I look at Johnny's feet. He moves his feet the same way, you know, kind of gears up for a big push. I use those moments to push back. That's very kind of reminiscent of, you know, one of, if not the greatest elimination moment ever, Jordan beating Josh, War of the Worlds 2. I talk about it endlessly, but that kind of next level thinking and strategy of, all right, when you move, how do I move? Vice versa. Johnny, though, comes back with it, and in the second round, figures out what I think is the best strategy of the whole thing, and that is getting your feet into the wall. He definitely, he completely 
you know, he's pushed all the way back to the brink of losing in round two and then in quick fashion moves that thing almost effortlessly, it seems, and although it's obviously an incredible amount of effort, all the way down to the other side. And it's because if you kind of go back and rewatch slow-mo it, he gets his feet wedged in the corners where he's not just slipping and sliding on that graded floor. He's catching the side of the wall to give him some real leverage. And I don't think Horacio or Olivia Raven figured that out. And I feel like Johnny did. And that's why he dominated the second round and why I think if he doesn't fall at the beginning of the the third round, which he just slips out the box, which is just a huge error. Um, If he doesn't fall in that one, I think think he puts that strategy to use again, and I think he at least gives Raven the head start on the top of the third round, and that head start won the third round. I mean, Olivia just came in like a bowling ball, knocked Raven back on her butt, but having that head start will do that. So I don't know who wins between in that situation when you flip it around up top, but I think you would have been flipping it around up top if Johnny doesn't fall on that last part. So incredible elimination, uh, solid daily, but uh, room to make it a lot better. And that's the the sporting events of the episode. And that brings us to one more story before the awards. Of course, we have to finish up the storylines of the episode with Tommy and Annalise, who make the biggest blunder of the episode, certainly strategically, and who are some of the stars of the episode. Let's just go straight all the way to the mistake they made, because they made a big mistake, an obvious blunder, not one that I really think you can say, like, ah, oh, rookies, like, you do what you do. This feels very much, as, you know, Devin points out and everyone else up there agrees with the Big Brother vibes, this feels like one of those moments where, from playing a different game and specifically a Big Brother uh, trying to play the game in similar fashion or thinking at least in the same fashion and not adapting to the scenario in front of you can be very, very costly. And it was costly, or I assume it's eventually going to be extremely costly. It already was. It just factually was costly for them in the moment, regardless of the fact that they are sticking around for this week. Johnny and Raven were going to get picked. That seemed obvious. It seemed, while well, as much as Fessel and Mariah hadn't said that outright, they kind of had more or less code in code said that to all the other teams in the interrogation, in the deliberation. And you've got to, you kind of sort that out via conversations with everyone involved. And it feels like it was pretty obvious Johnny and Raven were going in. So if you assume Johnny and Raven are going in, you know now the three teams in the draw, if I'm speaking from Tommy and Annalise's point of view, are you, Colleen and Kim, Olivia and Horacio. They go and make a deal with both of them. They tell them both the same deal. Hey, we're going to pick you. We hope you will pick us. That's what it is. Olivia and Horacio uh, literally call them out of like, we saw you just talking to them. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we have to like talk to everyone or whatever. But like, you're the who we want to make the deal with. And so for the time being, they're like, okay, we believe you. We trust you. We, we were willing to make the same deal with you. And we should make a deal with one of these teams. So we will. Tommy and Annalise make a deal with both. And in doing so, this is what they mean for the, they set up for themselves. Making deal with both means that they have a 66% chance that they are good until they get to the house in which they will then be exposed. And so 66% chance, again, if this if the three teams end up in the draw, which they do and which seemed pretty obvious was going to happen, making a deal with both means they have a 66% chance 
they either uh, of either of the other two teams draw the safe and choose the other one, and they're they're now Tommy and Elise are safe without having to say anything that they're safe. But eventually, that would be exposed in the house because everyone would talk about who had deals with who. It would be exposed, and a thirty-three percent chance you are safe, but super exposed there on the spot, which is what actually ends up happening when they draw the safe and they have to say a name. If Instead of making a deal with both, and no matter what, exposing yourself, and yes, keeping yourself the most safe right then and there in that moment, giving yourself the highest damn near guaranteed odds that you are not going into elimination that night, but damn near guaranteed odds you're going into elimination ASAP once you are able to. Again, instead, if you make a deal with Horacio and Olivia only, you now have a 66% chance that you are good, 100% good. You have strong alliance and you are safe that night because you or Horacio and Olivia could win that draw. And that other 33% chance is Kim and Colleen still possibly picking you over Horacio and Olivia who they hadn't talked to or hadn't struck a deal with. So way better situation all around. Make a deal with one team, not two. And then second mistake on top of it, they're already going to be exposed in the moment. So once you've made the mistake, now you've pulled the safe, you're like, fuck, I promised both these teams the same thing. What do we do here? What you do is you throw in Kim and Colleen because Kim and Colleen are going to lose. And Horacio and Olivia are probably going to win. Very even battle as we see play out. And no, if you throw Horacio and Olivia in there versus Johnny Raven, you're like, yeah, I, I would size that up as they're both teams have been performing super well. Size-wise, you know, it's basically even on the guy side a little bit. Olivia's got some size on Raven on the female side. That's why I would give the edge to them going in. That's ultimately the edge that ends up playing out. I digress. But throw in Kim and Colleen because Colleen, just as much as I, I love the girl so far, uh, she's the smallest woman there, I think, and would be as good a matchup as Raven could get. And I think Johnny and Raven are the clear favorites over Kim and Colleen in this one. And then the team you throw in is the one that goes home. You have Olivia and Horacio who have your back. The team that could have been mad at you is gone. So at least in the moment, you've already screwed yourself up. At least throw the t- pick the team that is going to come back and is going to cause you the most problems. And then even more so than Johnny and Raven are coming back too. And those two kick-ass teams are both on your side. So just, they, they double down on their mistake here. They make the mistake of doubling up on promises and then double down on that mistake by picking the wrong team to keep the promise to. But I will say this in their favor, great dance moves, great confessionals. I'm enjoying Tommy and Annalise on the show. They just made a horrible mistake in this episode. Awards time we go. Let's breeze right on through these, starting with best quote. Gotta admit, for an episode that was very good, was very entertaining, had a lot of stuff I liked, the quotes were fairly light, which honestly may be a better thing for the show because it means they're relying less on the witty, quippy confessional and can have more like because we actually have good story. We have good entertaining product in front of us to watch. We don't need to cut away to like, can someone make a funny joke in a confessional to like get this segment going a little better? So that's honestly maybe a good thing, a good place for the show to be, but it leaves this award a little, you know, wanting. We got three nominees. First one is Jay on motivating Michelle during this particular daily challenge. There you go. 
Okay. Michelle and I were in the dagger draw last week, and we cannot let that happen again. She loves wine. Let's get these wine barrels from one end to the other, and then I can pour a big old glass of wine. Just a walk. That motivation for either one of them ultimately doesn't seem to do all of that well, but I appreciate the sentiment and the joke. Then we've got Fessel talking about watching Horacio and Laurel chat in uh, Horacio being boyfriend number two. I mean, I think Horacio is like, he's a sweet dude. I think he's just like boyfriend number two. Like any of these women that I don't have enough time for, they kind of just mosey on over to Horacio. I think that's really what's going on here. It's about. I did not mean to go all Austin Powers on that number two, but regardless, this is just, just incredible stuff from Fessel and just incredible confidence and bravado. And this is why I love this man on this show and why I don't understand why so many more don't agree. Moving on to our third and final nominee, that would be Devin in a nice in-the-moment. You know how I feel about an in-the-moment quote. It's even more impressive. There's no pre-thought. It's in the moment. It's witty. It's off the top of the dome. Throws out when Tommy and Annalise are exposed by Horacio and Olivia immediately. Tell TJ, hey, yeah, uh, we were promised. We were the ones approached about the promise. We asked them, did you promise them? They said no, and clearly they did. Devin throws out this. Olivia, Horacio, you seem very pissed. I mean, we had already spoken to Tommy and Annalise. Actually, we were the ones approached, I think, out of fear. The people that we thought we could trust the most turned against us. Big, big brother vibes. Oh. Definitely big brother vibes. <laughs> I know the guy has befriended almost all of the big brother alliance members, but man, there's there's this big part of me that misses the days of Big Brother sucks and uh, Devin versus Big Brother and what's eight times nine and all that. So I, I really appreciate it here. And the big, big brother vibes coming out of Devin's mouth and looking right at Fessy when he said it and Fessy being kind of given that look of like, yeah, you're not wrong. Like you ain't wrong about that in either way. It was great, but we're giving this this award to my guy, Fessel. It's Fessel's night. He gets he gets the quote of the week. Moving into the best moment award, we get five nominees here. Number one, the first conversation Tori has with Anissa talking about her mental health journey. Everything about it, we've mentioned it before, but you know, the vulnerability, the openness, the willingness to share, knowing there, there's a camera in their face sharing it with us, the audience as well as her great friend in Anissa, uh, is just really, really positive stuff and really, really good to put on a national, in front of a national audience and have the confessional she does talking about, like, if you're someone who feels any of these feelings I'm expressing, you know, here's what I did. Not every, the exact same thing works for everyone, but go talk to a professional and get you the help that you may need. It helped her and some form or fashion of it can very much help others out there. So shout out to her for that. And uh, shout out to anyone out there who uh, needed to hear that advice and hopefully will take that advice from her. It's a wonderful moment. Second nominee, the entire rundown of Fessel's love interest this season and just the juxtaposition of like, we're having this, this cool moment between him and Casey talking about, you know, wanting to go by his, you know, his true name and, you know, live and live out his culture on screen and everything else juxtaposed as they're mixing that in with, 
you know, the montage, the bananas talking about, you know, here's all he's, which women hasn't he been with? Here's the montage of it. And then going back to the end of it with him saying, you know, reiterating, it means the decision maker, but you know, I can't make any decisions. And then the confessional, like, I guess I'm going to have to make a decision regarding these women, the whole thing. It's, it's so well done. The editing of it, uh, the, just putting those two things together. It's just absolutely great. Third moment then. Tori and Jordan at the bar. We talked about it before. We don't need to again. It's uh, it's really wonderful as someone who's a massive fan of both of those two human beings and loved everything about them together and is happy to see that as difficult as it clearly was at many times throughout the process that they're, they're coming around to be at a moment where this scenario can take place and this can be how a, a first conversation or a first attempt at resolution can go. Um, a lot of love for both of them. And that was a definite, definite moment. I was ready, high, you know, ready, ready, ready for to watch on my television screen. Fourth one, Big Brother vibes moment with the, uh, the big, big brother vibes moment from Devin and just the outing of Tommy and Annalise's double deal. Liked all of that. And the fifth and final one, the elimination was very great. It was all wonderful. Those are your five nominees. As for which one actually wins, I'm, I'm a sap at heart. I love these two too much not to give the award to Tori and Jordan. On to the episode MVP. And, you know, this one's pretty straightforward. I think we've covered almost all of these at some point, so there's not a lot to go down. Honorable mention, you know, the ballot goers are as follows. We got Anissa and Jordan. We got a lot. We got team nominees basically this week. Anissa and Jordan for their role in both coming into the game. Uh, you know, they're heavily used in confessionals being the you know first entrance into the game. And then obviously with the storyline of the two of them and how they're going to interact with Tori in the game and how all of them are going to coexist. They, they come in fifth Raven and Johnny come in fourth, the love triangle, the almost win in the daily, the eventual exit during elimination. They're obviously front and center all episode long third place, Tommy and Annalise, as much as it was a complete blunder at the end, it was entertaining all the way throughout. They come in third. Second place is my girl, Tori. Then she comes in second. Again, everything we've said multiple times over, we'll say again, the vulnerability, the openness, the the ability to have done the work, to have put the time in, to have gotten herself to a place to be able to handle this absolute mind fuck of a moment and absolute just, you know, there's been some people that have been really, really screwed over by a TJ twist in the past, uh, whether in the game or mentally or everything all rolled up into one. Uh, but this is way up there as far as a TJ twist absolutely messing with one single person in particular more than anyone else in the house and how she's handling it thus far is absolutely incredible and amazing. So she comes in second. But obviously the winner is Fessel. Obviously Fessy fan club for life, baby. I'm taking applications. Our doors are open. There's lots of seats available at these fan club meetings, I let me tell you. Plenty of room for any newcomers who want to jump on board, who want to admit their wrongs, admit they've been a hater this whole time. And for those of you who are out there being like, I hate this man more after this episode. What are you doing? Look at this mess he's creating. That's my point exactly. It's amazing. It's wonderful. Just just get on board with it. It's so, so good. He is the MVP without a doubt. 
With that, we've come to our power rankings and predictions here to close us out. Let's update these power rankings now that we have, at least we think, all of the teams into the game. We're going to add Darrell and Veronica onto this list because we know that while we don't actually get to see their faces the way the last two weeks we've seen which group it is, we know because we know who the cast is and everything else that this is Darrell and Veronica. If this right now in the moment, I am spoiling that for you. I am so, so sorry, but uh, yeah, official cast list, trailer, the whole thing. I don't know. I don't know how at this point I could be spoiling that. So they're going to be in this. We've got 13 teams left. Uh, for a third week in a row, we end an episode with 13 teams in the game, which is ultimately a very smart move by uh, by production and by everyone involved. Let's update the power rankings. We'll go. We've been going from bottom to top. Let's go top to bottom. Let's talk about those sitting high up on a pedestal first. Tori and Devin, they were at number one at the beginning. They were at number one after episode two. They were at number one again today after episode three. They have not moved, nor has Nani and Bananas, who has been in second all three iterations of this power rankings thus far. I think those two teams, Tori and Devin and Nani Bananas, are the two teams to beat based upon the alliances in the house, the ability to win daily challenges, avoid eliminations, and if they make it to a final win, that final versus any of the other teams in the house that could possibly make it. Love where both of those are at. Third place, we've got a big mover this week, Fessel and Mariah. They've been in seventh. They've been in sixth. They are now in third. They bump Amber and Chauncey, who had went from sixth to third last week, back to fourth place. We get one total confessional between Amber and Chauncey this week. I need more Amber and Chauncey in my life. We get a lot of them dancing and clearly just having a great time every time they go to the bar, which I love. I love for them. I love they're having a great time. I love they're so much in love. I would also love a little bit of them on my television screen. Fifth place. The rookie pairing, the rookie dynamic duo, back-to-back elimination wins, Olivia and Horacio. They were in seventh. They move up to fifth. Laurel and Jack bumped from fourth previously to sixth. Now Anissa and Jordan enter the rankings at number seven. Nelson and Narice are at number eight. Jay and Michelle remain at number nine. Casey and Kenny are at number 10. Darrell and Veronica, 11. Colleen and Kim, 12th. Tommy and Annalise in 13th. I think Colleen and Kim and Tommy and Annalise, uh, the rookies are going to continue to get picked on with this massive veteran presence now. And uh, those two are, I think, in in line to be to be going home pretty quick here. So they're at the bottom. Darrell and Veronica, I love them both dearly. But I just don't see, while they're going to have some good political favor in the house for a little bit, they also maybe don't because these people are, uh, the, uh, the other veterans are new enough that, uh, you know, if someone ends up on the bottom of the Vet Alliance totem pole, I could see it being the OGs that don't have the exact connection to this group. It's a real bummer that like Kayla isn't still there, who at least built a little connection with Veronica previously. But uh, so I put them pretty near the bottom there as well. But Tori Devin, Nani Bananas, Fessy Mariah, Amber Chauncey, Olivia Horacio, Laurel Jack, Anisa Jordan, Nelson Nariz, Jay Michelle, Casey Kenny, Darrell Veronica, Colleen Kim, Tommy, and Annalise bringing up 13th. As for the predictions, we still. As of now, are perfect on our finalist predictions. Bananas and Nani, Michelle and Jay, Colleen and Kim, which is looking dicey week by week, but they're still there. Tori and Devin, Chauncey and Amber, all five remain. Our winner pick, Tori and Devin, remain. We're looking good so far. Week one into two, we went two for three with our predictions. This week, 
We again went 2-4-3. Last week, we said going into this episode that Laurel and Jack or Tori and David would win the daily challenge, which we obviously got wrong. The second part of that was we said it would be a rookie purge time again, which was very much accurate, but we give that one wrong because we didn't pick the winner. We did say, though, Fessy will hook up. We're, we're counting that, obviously. And we said Nelson has fallen in love, so this time he'll profess his love, which he does it via confessional, confirm and give enough of a profession of his love for Olivia that enough to know that I got this right and how we're going to see more of that down the line as for predictions moving into next week. Uh, three of them, as always, here's what we're going to do. And I think I'm going to stay at at least getting two of these three, right? If not, this might be the week I finally nail a three, four, three. First one, Laurel and Horacio and Fessy and Colleen, both of those romances will happen. We'll take off the the full, the, you know, the, the main portion of the hooking up between those two couples is happening next week. Second one, Fessel and Mariah go back to back on the daily challenges. I think they win a second time in a row. We see on the next week on, they are doing the daily challenge where you run, one partner runs and jumps off the side of a building at 300 feet up and has to grab and hold on to their partner who's just hanging there in the air. We've seen this challenge a time or two in the history. It's a great one. I don't know that we've ever seen it at this high of a height, um, not over water either, but uh, I, I absolutely love this, and I think it's well-suited for tall, strong athletes like Fessel and Mariah to go back to back on the daily. And then the third and the final one is Johnny Bananas is going to do something, something, anything to get the camera's attention. He is not going to allow himself to take a backseat to all these other kiddos. He's just not going to do it. He's going to find a way to get that camera trained on him to butt his head into whatever storyline he needs to butt his head into to be a part of the episode. He's too much of a professional. He didn't come back to this to play CT's game, being in the background, just showing up and winning at the end. He came to be Bananas Captain Save a Show, as he would say. So those are the three predictions for next week, week four. And with that, we've covered it all. We've talked about it all. Those both mean the same things. We've clearly talked long enough into this microphone. It's time to wrap this up. Thank you so much for being here as always. If you would like to get in touch, if you want to talk about this episode, rewatch series, anything challenge related at all or otherwise, please get in touch. Instagram at challenge historian DMs are open to chop it up about the challenge feedback about this show, positive, negative. As long as you don't just say I'm a total dick and I suck at this, I will respond. I will respect your opinions, be them critiques or hand claps, whatever they may be. Thank you all so much for being here again. If you're watching survivor Saturdays, most likely to podcast feed, that's where the survivor recaps can be found next week. We'll be back with rivals get to binge and it's the best of all time possibly maybe going into it that's how i'm feeling that's what i'm thinking the grade's gonna end up come back monday to find out thanks for being here thanks for listening love you peace